Well, good morning to Resurrection Presbyterian Church and all who are joining with us. While we're unable to gather publicly as one body, we are still thankful for new opportunities like this where we can still connect and worship and grow together. And this past week, I've been thinking a lot about my friend Brent Weatherly and how much I miss him and how I wish he were here for all of this. And I've been thinking about a conversation that he and I would have regularly about the battle between what he would call the big C and the little C. And for him, the big C was Christ and the little C was cancer. And he would often talk about the tension between these two in defining his life, in defining his hopes and his fears and everything. And often because I I worried about him, I would always want to know the details about doctor's appointments and test results and creatinine levels. In other words, I always wanted to know about the cancer. And he always wanted to talk about Christ. So in other words, I thought the most important topic was this little C, and he was so good at gently reminding me that the most important topic or what he wanted to define his life was Jesus. And these conversations really hit me this week as I've really struggled, honestly, in checking the news obsessively for the latest updates about how many people are infected or how many are at risk or how many have died or how long this will go on or what other measures will take place and what's going to happen to the economy and with people that I care about. And these are these are important questions. Um, but the more I look for help here in finding more information, the more unsettled that I feel. And in Psalm 121, the, the, the psalm that you, you most likely just read, it was a poem that was written for people who were on this dangerous journey together towards Jerusalem. And, and this, this psalm begins with this search for help. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where does my help come from? So this is the human dilemma. We need help and we are all looking for it. But but listen to where this help is found. My help, in verse 2, comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So in this gospel lesson, we're, we're looking at the closest of the Jesus' disciples and then finding themselves in a dangerous situation that is far beyond their ability to control and they are looking for help. And it all starts with a short journey across the Sea of Galilee. And so you can follow along with me as I read, starting in verse 23. And when he, Jesus, got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? 
And there's a couple of things I want to point out about what's going on. I want you, I want you to notice the trouble that they are in. We, we read that a great storm, or in the Greek, a mega storm, has arisen on the sea, and the boat that they are in is being crushed by these waves. So this is a real problem. Daily storms were common on this body of water, but not like this. This storm is so big and so powerful that it even has the most experienced of fishermen worried for their lives and terrified. And I also want you to notice how they got into this trouble. Uh, They got into this trouble not by any mistake that they had made or any failure on their part, but they got into this trouble simply by following Jesus. They were doing something good. Jesus got into the boat. They got into the boat. Jesus wanted to go to the other side of the sea. They go with him to the other side. And so they find themselves in the middle of a life-threatening storm simply because they were being faithful in following Jesus. And it helps as we think about a lot of the things that are going on now is we, we didn't create this trouble, but we find ourselves in it. And as we look at the disciples, what's, what's their response to this trouble that they find themselves in by simply following Jesus? Well, well what we see is that they're both fearful and frantic. They're, they're scared at what might happen, and they are frantically running around, running to Jesus. We are perishing, they say. Save us. And at this point, if we're honest, we can be sympathetic with them because the danger is real. Their lives are at risk. This could be the end. And Jesus, the one that they are following, the one who claims to be this special person, proclaiming this long-awaited rescue from God, is fast asleep. And it makes me think about our current situation because throughout scripture, storms are used as these pictures for trouble in life. And what we are in right now can definitely qualify as a storm. So think about it. It's a situation that is beyond our control, beyond our ability to shape or change and that threatens our health, our safety, our well-being and the well-being of those that we care about. And based on the weather predictions, all signs of this this storm not only growing, but also getting worse. And I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time this past week thinking about the storm and worrying about what it'll do and, and feeling helpless and out of control. And then I begin to remember that it's it's not about the these little seas, whether it's cancer or coronavirus, and they're and what power they have, but it is about the big C, about Christ and, and the power that he has. So when they finally wake up Jesus, we see that he rebukes the winds and the waves, that he, he uses his power to bring a calm to this threatening situation. But before he does that, he turns to his disciples with a simple question, why are you afraid, O oh, you of little faith? That's a question that, that I've been thinking of even just this past week. What, what, why am I afraid? What, what is it that is feeling threatened? What is at risk? And it's a good question for all of us to, to, I think, even just sit with. What is it that we are afraid of? What is underneath our fear and our anxiety? Because the disciples, they had real things to be afraid of, and so do we. And, and we're not trying to minimize 
our sufferings and what we're going through, but we're trying to see just how big, how powerful, and how great our Savior is in his work on our behalf. So think about this. Think about Jesus alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so now the the tables have turned. And so it's his friends who are fast asleep, and it's Jesus who is awake. And Jesus is the one who is now trapped in a storm that is outside of his control. So much so that in his prayer, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And so you can sense this trouble just crashing in like waves. And even three times he pleads with his father, if there's any way for this storm to pass, and and to not come crashing in on me, if there's any way that it can be stopped, please stop it. But, But this storm that Jesus finds himself in is so much more than waves because what Jesus knows is at the center of this is a cross and is the wrath of God and is the guilt of those that he loves that he will fully bear for us and for our salvation. And so as you experience the the wind and the waves and the thunder, my encouragement to us all and to me is to not focus on those, but to fix our attention on Jesus. And remembering that it's it's not the greatness of our faith that matters because we're a lot like these disciples, these people of little faith, but it's about the greatness and the faithfulness of our Redeemer. There recently, there was a new children's book that came out. It's called The Moon is Always Round. And it was written by a father who, whose wife gave birth after 39 weeks to a little girl named Lelia who was stillborn. She had passed away recently in the womb. And their other son, Ben, was three years old and he was asking questions just about what happened and trying to make sense of it all, especially just how something so hard and difficult and terrible can fit with God being so good and so kind and so faithful. And the father asked him these simple questions and begins with this one of what shape is the moon tonight? And they would look up at the sky and it might be a half moon, it might be a crescent moon, or the moon might be completely gone from their sight. But then would come the next question, what shape is the moon always? And the answer is the moon is always round. And the lesson that this father was trying to impart to his son is that there are times in our lives where we will look up and the goodness of God will will be very limited. There, There may be only slivers, tiny portions that we can see. And there may be times where we look up and the moon is nowhere to be found. But all we see is a giant storm coming our way, but the reality is that behind that, the moon is always round, that nothing ever changes that. And in the midst of this, God is always good. And how do we know that? How can we trust in that? Because of what we see in Jesus in the garden and and on the cross and in his resurrection, these core events that God is announcing to us his great love for us, and is securing our rescue. So I want you to know this week that you are greatly loved as 
information floods in, my encouragement is to not get lost in the news of the little C this week, but to fix your eyes again and again and to encourage one another to look to the big C because that is where our help comes from. This is good news. Let's hold on to it. And all God's people said, amen. You are loved. Thank <laughs> you.